He's got connections. From actors and athletes to comedians and world-class musicians. Andy Hall. His contact list is jam-packed with some of the most recognizable names in entertainment. And every week, Andy Hall's bringing them to you on the Laser Airwaves. This week in Andy's Hall Pass. An honor to be joined by humanitarian, activist, musician, and the man responsible for Live Aid and USA for Africa, among many other philanthropical endeavors. Frontman and founder of the Boomtown Rats, Sir Bob Geldof, is my special guest today, courtesy of Time Out Bar and Arcade, downtown Ames, the next level of arcade. Hi, Bob. Hey, Andy. It's an honor to share a few minutes with you today. Thanks so much for your time. Thank you. The Chinese Zodiac clearly knew something we didn't at the stroke of midnight on January the 1st as we rang in 2020, the year of the rat. And here we are talking about the Boomtown Rat's first album in 36 years. Citizens of Boomtown is coming March 13th. My first question to you, Bob, is why now? Uh, Because the time's right. I needed to hear that what Bono called the glorious noise of the Boomtown Rats. Um, That glorious noise was always born out of uh, frustration and appointed... Um, a pointed understanding that you can that things could be changed through uh, an articulated attitude of rock and roll. Um, I'd seen that in my youth when uh, you know 1963-64 when the bands changed everything. Uh, in 1956 when Elvis and Little Richard changed everything. Mm-hmm. Um, our generation of 75-76, the Ramones, Blondie, Talking Heads, Pistols, Clash, Elvis Costello, the Boontown Rats changed everything. Uh, we got rid of disco and corporate rock, you know. Um, we didn't reap the benefit of it. The next crowd did. But, you know, uh, I've always only understood music to be about something. And it, that was necessary. And I took that cue from Woody Guthrie, the great American musical activist. And I decided that the Boomtown Rats would be that rock and roll was always a form of musical activism. And so as the world goes pear-shaped again, Hmm. when it offers its children very little future, when we elect fools to mediate that improbable future, I get angry again. And so you call up the guys you've known all your life, and they make this wonderful, glorious racket. Uh, (laughs) That's what I needed to hear again. I needed to hear that stew in my head somehow felt and articulated, and and that's what we did. The lead single, Trash Glam Baby, even from the first listen, I found myself humming along to the melody, eventually singing the chorus out loud. Something this infectious, and now I find myself really excited to hear the rest of the album. I'm sure you're thrilled about how the finished product came out. I am, and uh, thanks for that. You're the first person to ask me, am I thrilled by it? And so, being asked it, I can say it without actually saying it. (laughs) I am thrilled. It sounds so Boomtown Rats. And you don't think that's really in you anymore. Like, you know, I made seven solo albums. I thought that I was, you know, temperate, studied, mannered um, Bob. But it turned out, actually, Bobby Boomtown was stewing away for 36 years and needed to erupt again. And uh, and those guys can do it. And um, the songs came easy. And they mean a lot. I, I, I couldn't specify what they mean. It's just the attitude is right. And um, the songs always were in the past. They were big hits, but they were always about something. And, you know, to your point about the infectious nature of them, um, I always wrote pop songs. What to me were pop songs. It didn't matter necessarily what the record was about. It was what the song was about. Mm -hmm. And if it gets to number one, then millions and millions of people hear this. And one day they're walking down the street and they're humming the words. And suddenly they go, hold on. 
what the hell, this song isn't about going to work on Monday and feeling crap or going mm. to school and being bored. This is about completely something else. And it's a sort of, I don't know, what the communists call entryism. It's a sort of musical entryism, you know? One thing I find absolutely fascinating, and certainly not every band can say this, many of the themes you wrote about in songs from 40-odd years ago remain relevant to this day. Do you believe that's mostly instinctual as an artist, or is it more a byproduct of, like, the human condition in general? Or is there something else going on there? Well, now I have to think. Um, Thanks for that. Um, I didn't understand that those songs had lasted until we regrouped and I played in front of 100,000 people and conceivably for many of them this was the first time uh, they'd heard them and I'm not back in some past life singing these I'm very much in the current life so if I sing about that song I wrote in the abattoir Rat Trap um, I'm, I'm very present in the hopelessness of the now um, I'm aware I'm singing the blues of today if you like uh, when I sing I Don't Like Mondays, I'm not back in um, San Diego, 1979. I'm singing about last week's school massacre, which nobody believed would have become almost a commonplace. That's right. A tragic commonplace. And it just so happens if you write about something, as opposed to a specific event, just something, um, largely it will remain relevant throughout the course of its life. And so when you come back to... To sing it again, I, the first song, uh, first hit we had, uh, looking after number one, I was on the un- unemployment line. And, you know, I was going to be okay. I was a kid. I was going to do something. But the men in the queue with me were 40 years old and through no fault of their own didn't have a job. And they were being treated with utter contempt. And I had my unemployment card and I just wrote on it, the world owes me a living. I don't want to be like you. I'm going to be like me. And that was our first hit. And when I sing that, when I sang that at the Isle of Wife, when the rats regrouped, 100,000 people start pointing at me. I don't want to be like you and point at themselves and go, I'm going to be like me, you know, and that's right. And uh, I thought, that's so great. I mean, you know, you write something and it's a living, pulsing sentiment. And if you project it with the same... Uh, emotional logic, it will resonate afresh and anew. And I'm not pushing you here, but you could put on one of those songs now, and I bet you it feels more at home on your playlist than if you'd done it back in 1978. And indeed, it probably makes more sense to you, because back then when I tried to get DJs to play this stuff, they couldn't get their heads beyond disco and corporate rock. Mm. You know, so it was... it was a, but. Nonetheless, that generation did change. It got rid of that and created a space where new music could come in and influence a future. We need that again. No question. Bob Geldof is my guest. Honored to have a few minutes of his time in advance of new music and more from the Boomtown Rats, something we haven't been able to say in 36 years. But that doesn't mean you've not remained active in many other endeavors, including humanitarian efforts, which have raised many millions of dollars and quite literally saved lives through events like USA for Africa and, of course, Live Aid, which is a vivid memory for me coming up on 35 years ago this summer. Here's a question. Do you believe it's in all of us? the ability to make positive change and have an impact on the world. And when I ask it that way, Bob, I mean real impact on a global scale. Is that even possible for the average Joe these days, do you think? It's not possible for the average Joe, but it's possible to implement change. You know, I'm a pop singer. I get to talk to you guys. I get to be on TV. 
So who's ever listening to this, if they haven't fallen asleep of boredom by now, um, <laughs> what's it, you know, they're listening and thousands are listening. If you're a fireman or, you know, a health worker or a cop or, or an accountant, you may want to get your mates together and do something. And they may spread that out statewide or even nationwide. But, you know, a bunch of accountants getting something together is amazing. Um, but it may not move the needle, but it does change that person's life. So uh, uh, put it in context, you're walking down the street and there's someone with a charity box, let's say a care or something box, and you put your buck in the box. That is the essence of being a human being, because you've acknowledged that there are those worse off than you. Mm. And you're saying, you know what, dude, not in my name. And you do the most you can do, which is hard for a lot of people, to put the buck in the box. But to do so is to activate the meta-human characteristic, which is empathy. It's what actually differentiates us from the other species, which glues us together. It makes us feel part of one thing and each other. If a million people put a buck in that box, it's political. Because politics is only about numbers. Ask your congressman. And if a million people do it and can be grouped together, then you push the needle. Because the agents of change in our world, whether we like it or not, are politicians. Mm -hmm. And whether we like it or not, you must engage. So once you engage at that level, then things begin to shift. If you're a pop singer and you're saying to everyone, you love all these bands, you love this music, it's not about English. Rock and roll is the lingua franca of the world. You understand immediately what it means. And I'm going to get all these guys who are my friends in these other bands, and we're going to talk to you about 30 million people, 30 million dying of hunger in a world of surplus. No. Do you agree with me? Yeah, I agree with you. Okay, let's get together on this one day, billions of us, and let them refuse us now. So that's my gig because I'm a pop singer. And I can talk to you, you know, wherever you are in Des Moines or Kansas or Indianapolis, wherever. I can talk to you in Shenzhen. I can talk to you in Vladivostok. The firemen can't, but it's precisely the same gig. And the world is not immutable. The world is plastic, and you can mold it, and you can push it slightly in the direction it needs to go. And, dude... It is not going in that right direction right now. March 13th, look forward to getting our hands and our ears on Citizens of Boomtown. You're a hero to many, myself included. Bob, I can't thank you enough for the time today. Thank you so much. Thanks, man.